Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Soccer Morning. Ready to go, ready to launch something, something, something soccer. Fill in uh, the gaps with words about soccer. That's what I need to do this morning on a Thursday. I'm a little draggy, just a touch. That uh, that Montreal Club America game last night didn't go the way so many people around American soccer MLS wanted it to go. Now, for some of us, for some people out there, not for us, but for some people out there, it was exactly the way they wanted it to go. It was exactly the type of type of ammunition they need to take shots at MLS, and I get it. We're gonna have that discussion today about what Montreal's run means, if anything. Whether or not it's quote unquote a blueprint. We've got some tweets on that from Robert this morning. Was it a quote unquote blueprint for future MLS success in the tournament? Lots, lots of things around the CONCACAF Champions League. Kevin Laramie will join us in a couple of minutes to, uh, to give us his take from up in Montreal. He was there among the 60,000 who to, uh, took in that match. Now it looked so good for. Half of that match, a little bit more than half of that match. When did when did Peralta score? Because that's when everything fell apart, clearly. Peralta scored. Well, you had Benedetto scoring in the 50th minute. So Andres Romero starts it off magnificently for the for, for Montreal with an eight minute goal, and then Dario Benedetto scores in the 50th, and then it didn't fell apart because Peralta scores 64th. Benedetto again with a great goal. In the 66th, Benedetto again in the 81st. I can't, remember, I can't remember which one was the great goal, to be honest with you. Benedetto with a hat trick. That's a, that leads off the news this morning. Also on the program today, Dan Dickinson. We're going to talk about some of the bigger picture stuff with Dan Dickinson from Gothamist. When it comes to MLS, MLS for Montreal. He was also at the Red Bulls uh, Rapids game last night, so we'll talk to him about the Red Bulls staying undefeated getting a draw against Colorado, needing a penalty to do it. Not quite the level of play that they want, but that, again, that, that match moved out of the way or moved there because of future friendlies, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll do that with uh, Dan Dickinson at 10. What time is that, Trevor? 1040, 10.30. 10.40, all right. So your news, Club America beating Montreal 4-2 at the Olympic Stadium in Montreal. When they winning the, uh, the CONCACAF Champions League title, Club America, with that victory. Again, Montreal was game for a, uh, a good chunk of that match, and then it just all decided to fall apart on them. Now, this is about talent. This is about uh, uh, money. This is about scheduling. It's about all of those things. It is. It's about all of those things. If Montreal, and here's a quite good question. I'm going to snag this directly from Twitter, our friend Dwayne Rollins from up in Toronto. Would it have been bad for MLS if Montreal had won this title under the current system, under the current way of doing things, especially in terms of money and how much they spend and the depth involved in these teams? If MLS was given reason to think, oh, everything we've got going on is fine. Look, Montreal just won the Champions League. That may slow down any movement towards expanding the salary cap or giving teams more opportunity to go out and sign the type of players that it really takes to win the, the continental competition against big Mexican clubs. 
So you can make that argument. You can certainly say Montreal had won. It might not be good for MLS in the long run. Also in the news, Chelsea wins at Leicester 3-1 yesterday. Just one win away from the Premier League title. And I've got some, uh, I've got some audio that I've grabbed. Nigel Pearson after that game, going after a reporter, calling him an ostrich. I think I'll play that later in the show. Maybe when we open up the phone lines, we're going to have some fun with Nigel Pearson. This is my favorite bit right here, though. This is the, this is the best bit. You don't know what, um. <laughs> Nigel Pearson. Uh, yeah. He apologized today to the, uh, to the reporter in question for his behavior, which, uh, you know, I-, I guess that's good on a human level, on a politeness level, but come on. Stick to your guns, Nigel. You caught him an ostrich. He must be an ostrich. Red Bulls come, to, come back from a one goal deficit to draw Colorado, as I mentioned. 1 1. You had, um, you had that game played in the, in the, at the same time as the CONCACAF Champions League match. I didn't get a chance to see any, any of it. We'll get to Dan Dickinson and cover the Red Bulls and their performance and also take a look at what Colorado's doing because, uh, that's a team that has improved, needs to improve. A point on the road for Colorado is a good result. Something interesting out of Russia, the Russian government is on the verge of imposing tough limits on the number of foreign players in the Russian Premier League. Now, all of this is meant to improve the level of Russian talents ahead of the 2018 World Cup, which they're hosting. On on Monday, Vitaly Mutko, Russia's sports minister, promised he would cut back on foreign players in a very tough way. After the adoption of a law last week empowering the ministry to regulate the number of foreign players on teams in the country's top division, the Russian Premier League. The law did not set a specific limit, but the Football Union of Russia, the country's governing body for soccer, has recommended that clubs be compelled to field at least six Russians in every match, a formula a formula Mutko says he has said he supports. Now we've seen some of this movement towards locking out foreign players or cutting back on foreign players in the Premier League. Now Russia is trying something similar. Is this the way to go to improve the domestic level of of talent? Open question. Certainly worth uh, exploring later on. Uh, News out of France that PSG has a group of fans who are intent on suing UEFA over financial fair play. The Union of Football, uh, sorry, UEFA will be uh, will be facing a lawsuit, according to La Parisienne. From the association, now this is uh, this is uh, through trans- Google Translate, so I apologize if it's not correct. Maybe Kevin can translate for this for me in a second here, Trev. It is the association of fans angry against the financial fair play. <laughs> that's what it says. If that's the official name, that's fantastic. Includes about 50 people from all backgrounds, 100 supporters of PSG, among which 30 are assigned were assigned uh, the UEFA to present to the UEFA High Court in Paris or something, whatever, something about suing because of uh, limits on competition and how financial fair play simply entrenches the rich clubs who already have most of the power in European football. Interesting uh, discussion there as well. Bad news out of Indianapolis, the latest bill uh, to get a stadium deal done for Indy 11, I think this was a bill to refurbish IUPUI's Carroll Stadium, which is where they currently play. Didn't make it through a conference committee on the last day of the legislative session, so they've closed that. 
session. And in order for Indy 11 to get a, get a stadium deal through the legislature, they'll have to come back around next year. I'm not sure what this means yet for Indy 11. I mean, they'll continue to play at Carroll Stadium, I imagine, and do fairly well. But they were looking for $60 million. Uh, they were looking to do a $60 million stadium renovation with at least 20 of it from taxpayers. And that bill has died in committee. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Kevin Laramie from Montreal will join us to talk about the Montreal Impact's failure to win the CONCACAF Champions League and uh, what went down there at Olympic Stadium. Don't go anywhere. Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. Things just falling apart here on a Thursday. So instead of Kevin Laramie, let's go to the phone lines. Open those up. 646-832-3909. I know you have thoughts on Montreal's run in the Champions League coming to an end in the second leg of the final. I said before the first leg, when you went down to Azteca, and you took a team that had no business being at the, this far into this tournament. That's, that's honesty. Let me be honest about this. Montreal had no business being in the Champions League final. None. Only the second MLS team to do it since the format changed. Only the, well, the first Canadian team, obviously, to do it, to make the final. Only the second non-Mexican team to make the final since the format changed. No business. Last place in the league. Last place last year. Terrible record. Terrible record in the league. No business being there. And I said, when you go down to Azteca, what you want when you, when you leave there is hope. Is hope that you can go to Olympic Stadium and play in front of a big crowd and win, and win a championship. That was all you wanted. And they did that. They gave up the late goal to Riva Peralta. That was a bit of a dagger. But they came back to Montreal with a chance. And then Andres Romero scores in, inside of eight minutes. And you think, okay, wow. Inside of ten minutes, anyway. Wow, here we go. one nothing Montreal. 2-1 aggregate lead. With an away goal in their pocket. They were ready to go and win this thing. And the second half came around. And as Mexican teams tend to do in this competition, when push came to shove, and the chance was that they might get beat, they turned it on. Now, Montreal had navigated some of those, uh, some of those potholes before. They managed to keep Mexican teams from switching it on and still advance. They didn't do it against Club America. They didn't figure out how to keep Club America off the board. And that Club America has, again, the best, most expensive team in CONCACAF. I don't know if it's literally the most expensive, but it's got to be close. Got to be close. Mike on Twitter. A draw, a draw isn't good enough in Mexico anymore. Teams need to play to win. Uh, okay, but they... First of all, Mike, 
I, well, I don't disagree with you that they need to win in Mexico. Easier said than done, especially for a team of Montreal's quality. And I'll put that question to you I, I opened up with this morning. If Montreal had won this tournament under the current state of MLS, with the current salary caps, with the current allocation, et cetera, et cetera, with the current restrictions on player movement, would that have actually been good for the future of MLS? 646-832-3909. Is it better to have MLS continue to struggle in this tournament so that the pressure on Don Garber and the Board of Governors gets stronger and stronger and then they're forced into making changes if they really want to win this tournament now again i'm not buying necessarily that winning the Concacaf champions league suddenly makes mls a more legitimate league around the world i'm not buying that mls is such a strange unique animal as a competition in a world where most leagues are very straightforward. That I don't think that you can put them in any sort of box. You can't put MLS in a box of, well, if they win this, that means they're legitimate. You can't even put them in a box of, well, you know, MLS will never be good enough to compete and win this title. They may. Montreal came very, very close despite being, having a, a talent deficit almost impossible to, to describe. I mean, again, the gap between what Club America had available to them, the depth they had on their bench, all of those elements outstripped Montreal by factors of 10. Factors of 10. Let's go to Ray in in Milwaukee. What's up, Ray? Well, you know, uh, a lot of things were going uh, in favor of Montreal. Uh, you know, I think this Club America team was a uh, was ripe for the taking in a lot of ways. Uh, I thought that uh, when Montreal scored first, I thought Club America was going to fold like a deck of cards because I've seen it in league play. And, and the other thing happened, but the, uh, they responded. And so I got to give a lot of credit and eat a lot of crow for uh, uh, to uh, America. But, you know, and, you know, uh, with Tara Thomas' tweet yesterday after the game, I can under, you know, look, every team has their own challenges in this unique tournament. Look at the depth, you know, we talk about the money and the payroll that Mexican club teams have, but the later this tournament goes on, they're fighting for playoff positioning. And, uh, look at America had, you know, their super classical. It's sandwiched in between these finals. Uh, so, uh, and you also look at, there's been South, I mean, Central American teams have won this tournament on the old way. There was four Central American teams in the knockout stages of this tournament. So to go out here and tell me that money is the overall issue, well, there should have been four uh, MLS teams then to be in the knockout stages. Okay. I mean, Ray, this is, again, I mean, we would get to, the the funny thing about this is Montreal does something amazing. They get to the final. They push Club America into a second leg with Club America having a deficit. Yeah, the score, the aggregate scoreline was tied, 
But Montreal held the advantage because of the away goal. We get all the way there. And then when Montreal loses, what do we go to? Do we go to, oh, wow, what a great job, Montreal. Ultimately, you just didn't have the horses. Good job, Club America. Or do we go to, oh, how will MLS ever win this? And what does MLS need to change? I'm doing it too. But what does that say about this, this situation in this league? I mean, it's, it's a difficult thing to wrap your head around because MLS is always in this aspirational mode. We have to think about all of these things in such a big picture way. Right. And then, you know, uh, if it is, if, if it is the money issue that Taylor Twelman talks about when he tweeted, uh, then, you know, when realistically are you going to be able to compete money-wise with a club team like um, Club America? I don't know, because MLS has to open up... Uh, thanks for the call, Ray. MLS has to open up the coffers. They have to say, when we say we want to win this tournament, we really mean it. Here's $10 million. And that's not even... Let's be honest, even $10 million isn't going to get them up to Club America's level. Eddie in Brooklyn, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I basically just called to kind of call out North American soccer fans for their behavior last night. Um, for decades now, I've noticed that North American soccer fans have had kind of this holier-than-thou approach uh, when looking at CONCACAF. So when it came to stuff like, you know, the diving or the lasers or the bad turf, it was always like, ugh, you guys are subjecting us to this kind of thing, right? So you, North American soccer fans were never in that position where Central Americans were. And so I think last night, I think last night was the very first time that North American soccer fans had to approach a soccer game that way. And then in that very first time, resorted to the same kind of tactics and the same kind of justifications that people from Panama have for decades. And I wanted to just basically call all those people, not saying that, you know, maybe you parts of it or other people, but those people that did it. I know that they exist. I saw them all over Twitter. I want to just call them out for being hypocrite. Okay, sure, fine. Call out those individual people who aren't here sitting with us talking to us right now. Maybe they're listening to the show, Eddie. But you have this thing, and it's bothering me a little bit right now. You have this thing about painting with a broad brush. You get a little, you you get that bone to pick. You decide that that because a couple people in Montreal had lasers that they were shining at Club America players, just like it happened in Mexico last week, and because some people on Twitter were were being uh, ill-behaved. It's not some people. It was a lot of people. The main justification was, well, they did it to us, so we're going to have to do it to them. But, but, but you this can't is, Eddie, in one this sentence is, be like, we're better than that, and then when you have to finally be in that position, resort to that same tactic, and then be like, well, we know we're just doing what they were doing. Okay, but, but again, that's you, not you, what we you, said in the first thing. Again, you're painting a, a lot of people with the same brush, and I just, I don't... There's a lot of people. Was it, Eddie? You counted? How many did you count? You got names? I had a few conversations. Send me a list, man. I'll take the, I'll take the names. I'll call them out individually. We'll do, we'll do name and shame right here on Soccer Morning. I have no problem with that. People are being assholes on, sorry for my language. People are being assholes on Twitter about all of this stuff. And yeah, look, people are hypocrites, Eddie. That's, that's human nature, especially when it comes to this right. stuff, especially when it comes to sports. Do they, do they deserve to be called on it? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Fine. Here you go. You, you, you done it now. You done it. You called them out. I mean, think about this, Jason. You, you're saying that I'm paying with a broad brush. How many times have you heard the term CONCACAF? A lot, but that's usually... Yourself, okay, exactly. But what does that term really mean? It means the ref, the ref screwed the team in, in my case. It, it's not, no, it's, it's more, it, 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 it extends way beyond that. Being CONCACAF has to deal with uh, poor officiating. It has to deal with the turf in Costa Rica, which I have to hear about, I don't know how many times, 
whenever there's a game uh, in the Stadio Saprisa, oh, well, it's going to have to hear about bad turf. But meanwhile, last night there's a cup final on some of the worst turf you'll ever see. But you know what? That's not a problem because it's benefiting us. This is, this is the kind of like the term. Oh, sure. Turf, but, 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 that's a, but, that's, but again, that's Eddie, all the time. But Eddie, a lot of people. Eddie, you're, you're OK. You're you're I understand your perspective here. I understand where you're coming from because of who you support where your family's from, all of those things that, again, are elements of just this is what soccer is uh, and this, this part of the world. And, and, and quit being, you know, quit being holier than now. I, I get what you're saying. But again, the tables have never been turned like this. So you have to give these people, I'm not saying that they're not wrong for being jerks. I'm not saying they're not wrong for being hypocrites. But you have to give these people time to adjust. You just said it yourself. People in Panama have been resorting to these tactics for decades. Okay, so now um, MLS fans in Canada and they've been looked and down the US? for it. Okay, fine. They've been looked down right, on right, for okay. it, and now when they for the first time, it's now you guys understand. Like, not again. I'm saying you guys, but you know the people that use the term. Go ahead, go ahead. say gringos. Now go finally ahead. understand. Go ahead, go ahead. Say gringos, Daddy. Go ahead. You think you know you want to? I know. I'm not. I'm saying. I'm, I mean, Canadians too. It's just North American soccer fans, and, well, and that goes for you know the. The Mexican American who's supporting the American. Right, it's enough. not just Gringos. I'm fair saying enough. North American soccer. I, I, I know the and ones it, that people that look at diving and they just they just view with disdain. But when Josie Altidore dives, we don't want to talk about. No, it. I I got you. look, man. I, I've been I've been on the front of this. I gotta go. I gotta move on, Eddie. I, I appreciate it, man. I, I'm I'm with you on one level. It's just that it, it's the it's the I don't know. It's the vitriol. Maybe it's a little bit turning turning me off. But I I, I get you because I've been there and I've said to people. Enough with, with the double standard. And when, when that, there were a couple of years back, I gotta let you go, man, but a couple of years back, there was, there was this commercial that Nike put out and it was a bunch of kids, a bunch of, a bunch of youth soccer players looking into the camera and saying with stern resolve, we don't dive. We're better than that. We're Americans. We don't go down. And it's obviously not true. And that's what pissed me off about this. And again, you can hate diving. You can hate all the gamesmanship. You can hate time wasting, but if everybody else is doing it and there's no movement to squeeze it out of the game, you better do it or you're going to lose. So we can sit here and be holier than thou, as, as Eddie says we are, and lose games, or we can play the same game everybody else is and potentially win. Rick and Philly, what's up? It's Mike and Philly, Jason. Ah, that's bad <laughs> screening. That's uh, Trevor gets three lashes later on. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, well, either way, I'm just trying to wrap my head around on why people would think losing is going to benefit this. I mean, I understand they want to, like, light a fire under Garber's ass and, like, release the cap and uh, whatever, open the floodgates. But it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it, you honestly think since Montreal lost Champions League, they made it to the final and lost to... Club America operating at a huge deficit compared to that team. I mean, what they were able to accomplish on such a small budget already and what Salt Lake was able to accomplish a few years ago, I mean, they're on the bubble. They're doing good enough, and they're, they're completely at a disadvantage yeah, uh, yeah. from a salary cap standpoint. Of course. So we honestly think that Montreal losing is going to make a difference of, of them saying, oh, gee, we really need to allocate uh, an extra $10 million. No, 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 no. I, I don't think, do Mike, I don't think losing necessarily pushes that pressure uh, on the league 
in in a one off situation like this, and and really, what you said, thanks for the call, man. I got to move on. Lots of people getting in. Uh, what Montreal getting here is enough of a pleat in the, in the league's cape that they may be able to sort of justify. Well, we don't need to go spend a ton more money. Look how close we got. And the same thing with RSL in 2011. But I think that the more years go by that MLS doesn't win the title, then there is going to have to be. And again, it's it's. I don't expect the league to respond to that. This may be all bluster. This may be all, uh, you know, rhetoric from Garber and the like that, oh, we really want to win Ch- CONCACAF Champions League. Here's some allocation money. Here's another roster, foreign roster slot. Okay. Is that really going to be enough? Apparently not. Let's go to Ottawa. Who's this? Hey, it's KO in Ottawa. What's I was at on? the game last night and it was amazing. Um, but I do take a bit of an issue when people say that the impact had no business being in the final. Um, Canada has a, a unique situation where they, the clubs don't get an avenue into Champions League through the MLS process. Right. They can't win the U.S. Open Cup, obviously. Right. If they win the MLS Cup, they don't have a spot in the Champions League. So they did what they needed to do to get there, yeah. which was win the Canadian Championship Warriors Cup. So they do that, and then they get to the round, uh, the group stage, and they beat Red Bull, they beat FAS, and then they're clearly not happy with what they did in the league last year. They finished last. They rejig. They go get some players. And what you're seeing uh, right now is the fruits of that effort. The team is a lot better than the record in MLS this year. This is true. When MLS season started, Mm -hmm. they were in it already. Pachuca was on the map. We had beaten them, and they were all in on CONCACAF at that point. This is true. So Mm -hmm. what I'm hoping is that at this point, they can now focus their attention on MLS Cup and you will see the the true Montreal impact and the talent level shine through in the league. Let's hope that that happens. Thanks for the call. I appreciate uh, appreciate that call from Ottawa. Going to move on. A couple guys trying to get in here. I'm going to try to squeeze in one or two before we get to Dan Dickinson in a couple minutes. Daniel in Atlanta, what's up? Hey, good morning, Jason. How's it going, man? It's going. you you got a couple minutes here, Daniel. you got to go quick. All right. Um, when MLS teams take this competition seriously, that's when we'll see a championship winner. Um, when you have teams like the Red Bulls, Kansas City, the Timbers, DC United, any one of them could have made it past, you know, the round of the group matches. But when they don't take the competition as seriously as Montreal did, then there's really no complaint of why we can't have an American Well, but, but that's not the way it it's supposed to be. Daniel, that's not the way it's supposed to be. It, it, if I get what you're saying. Like, Montreal put all of their eggs in the CCL basket. They put them all in. They went and preseasoned in, in Mexico to get ready. They did a lot of things that were obviously aimed at, at doing well in this competition, and it paid off with the finals berth. But it shouldn't have to be that way. I mean, you know, MLS teams should be able to compete enough in the league to at least maintain their status as a potential playoff team and be well, be good enough in this team, I mean, in this tournament. And the reason that they can is because the, the depth isn't there. Now, there are other factors involved, but a lot of it's about the depth, about the way MLS teams are able to spend their money. You can go and get a Nacho Piatti, but you'll probably need three or four players on that level to even have a chance to do both. And, and that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see an MLS team be able to do both. And not have a hangover, and, and not have to, not not have to finish be, be be in last place in the Eastern Conference in order to be focused on this tournament, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, just just the fact that that I would want to see an MLS team make it to the final, putting all their eggs in 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 the Champions League and MLS. It's a really thin 
you know, spread. Yeah. But the thing is, they have to do it in order to win Champions League, and it's and it's a sad thing because you know our depth isn't as deep as yeah. these um, Mexican clubs, but our depth is better than these Central American clubs. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? I got to move so on. Well, some of them, me. some of them. Got to move on, Daniel. Thanks a lot for the call. Uh, last one here before we get to Dan Dickinson. Let me just squeeze in Kyle in Virginia. What's up, Kyle? Kyle, 30 seconds. What's up? Kyle. Hello? Kyle? Who's this? Hello? Who is this? This is Kyle. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, man? You got about 30 seconds. Hit it hard. Uh, yeah, what I wanted to say is the broader issue that these CCL near misses reflects is the disconnect between league office rhetoric in terms of wanting to be a top league and then their actions in terms of squeezing salary cap, yes. uh, you know, numbers, you know, roster sizes down, preventing teams from actually having a proper depth that's necessary to devote equal resources to both MLS late season playoff pushes and competing in the group stages uh, and things of that nature. So I don't really think anything's going to change until we see them really shift uh, and kind of have their actions aligned with their uh, words. Yep, I appreciate it. Excellent. Perfectly summed up, Kyle. Thanks a lot. i got to move on. Let's, uh, let's take a break here. When we come back, we will grab Dan Dickinson from Gothamist, talk a little CCL Montreal in the CCL and the league's campaign to push them forward in that competition, and uh, some Red Bull as well. Don't go anywhere. Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. To Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. Here we go back on Soccer Morning. Join now via Skype from Midtown Manhattan, Dan Dickinson, world famous Dan Dickinson from Gothamist.com and, uh, and Reddit. On, well, I mean, I think Re- anybody who's like uh, a muckety muck on Reddit in some way is, is famous, pretty, you know, pretty much. You guys do a lot of, uh, a lot of driving of clicks and things, I hear. Dan? That's that's what I'm told. <laughs> so Dan's here uh, in in part to talk a little bit about Montreal and the Champions League, but not in the same way we've been discussing it so far. Not in this. Uh, what will it take for an MLS team to win, Dan? No, a little bit more in the and I, and I kind of railed against this uh, in, in the last couple of weeks, Dan. The, the notion that that all MLS fans need to get behind Montreal and support them in the in in the final, so that MLS can get this title. I am. Uh, I'm kind of against this notion. Where do you fall on it? I, I'm uh, as almost as far against that notion as you can get. I think I, uh, I I went on a little bit of a rant after the final whistle blew last night, and uh, I had about half the people agreeing with me and half uh, calling me salty and asking if MLS had taken my lunch money. Well, for you, what is the what is the issue? What is at issue? I mean, for me, it's about you know, sports is a very tribal thing. Support your team. Support nobody else. I mean, that's my attitude. What, where is your issue with MLS sort of pushing this everybody for Montreal narrative? I, I think that's a lot of it, especially when it comes to the to the extent that fans had bought in. And, and I didn't see necessarily tons of outpouring support from other fans, but there was some. And, and you know, it was very kumbaya. And it, it just it 
it, it really bothers me. That, you know, it's not like Tottenham fans are going to be wishing Arsenal well in the FA Cup because they're both from London and, and win it for London. You know, it's, right. it's you're right. It is tribal. And it's it's silly to think that, you know, a Toronto fan would want Montreal to sure. win it. Ultimately, these to the extent that fans were, were asked to buy in, fans should want their teams to win it. And for for teams like Sporting Kansas City or DC United or the Red Bulls or Portland mm-hmm. who were knocked out of this competition uh-huh. – to, to buy into Montreal winning, you know, it, it feels kind of empty. But my main issue wasn't with the fans necessarily. It, it was with the way the, the league approached it in whole, the whole MLS for Montreal hashtag and having other clubs lending the support because right, it, yeah. it, it, it's just, it, <laughs> I've never seen anything like that in, in the game or in any sport. Yeah, look, it happened in 2011 with RSL. Um, it happened again this this year. I, I would argue there's a, a little bit of a difference between 2011 MLS and 2015 MLS, but even if there wasn't, to have, to, to have the league sort of send marching orders, hey, everybody, this is what we're doing. Again, here, here, we have to have a cognitive dissonance when it comes to this league, Dan, because we have to imagine that these are individual clubs doing their individual things in order to give all of our a love and support to them, even though we know they're not, even though we know they're part of one big single entity here. And when the league does things like that, I think it breaks that spell, and that's part of my issue. Yeah, no, it, it, I think I described it as, as the worst manifestation of single entity. It's, it's this belief that we're all in it together. And to an extent, I understand it because th- this league does generally operate with a chip on its shoulder. It wants to be respected, and it wants to be you know, seen highly in the world, but I mean, aside from the fact that I don't think winning the CCL is going to do anything to change that, it, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't register that to, to lend that support somehow, like everybody wins if Montreal wins. Right. Nobody, the only team who wins if Montreal would have won last night was Montreal. Nobody else is going to gain anything from it uh, competitively. Yeah, you know, again, I think that the, the league has sort of painted itself into a corner with some of this rhetoric, and, and, and we talked about it a little bit with some callers. Dan, there's, a, there's that disconnect between what the league says it wants, and this happens a lot. Certainly Dan, Don Garber says a lot of things, uh, and then the league does either acts in, in, you know, in opposition to those things or doesn't move quickly enough to get there, and that's part of this as well. You say, oh, we want to win the Champions League. This is important to us. We want to send a team to the Club World Cup so they can play Real Madrid or Barcelona or whoever, but you don't spend enough money to have them really competitive. And, and, then, and then you're pushing, again, there's sort of American soccer narrative, and, and Montreal, obviously a Canadian team, and I guess we're going to pull in the Canadians now and have everybody sort of in this, I don't know, in this big circle, and, and as you said, singing Kumbaya. I don't... I don't I don't want that out of sports. That's not what sports is supposed to be. No, I, I totally agree with you. And and what kills me about the league in particular about this is, you know, we just went through a big CBA negotiation and the owners dug their heels in and clearly the salary cap has not gone up by any significant amount. And but so what did the league do to support Montreal? Well, they gave them a ton of bye weeks and now they've played four games while everybody else is at either six somewhere between six and nine and Montreal has another bye week this weekend. It's going to be week 10, and they're going to have played four games. So a bunch of schedules have gotten wrecked. Uh, games have gotten moved around. I saw at least one San Jose fan you know, complaining that the, the date they moved it to is completely unworkable for them. Uh-huh. And I know the, the Red Bulls game last night, I think, was part of that, that shuffling. Um, so Okay, so they do that. There's the whole goalkeeper thing earlier in the week. 
Um, how do we get a goalkeeper in last minute? Do they do the Sean John? Like, why, why is that being considered in the first place? Like, you, you do everything you can that's not a fix, and you don't fix the, the real structural things about roster size and salary and all the rest of this so that that teams could actually compete you know there is there there is a certain part of me that that understands a lot of why mls does these things that frustrates us because they want to be able to to maneuver when things change when there's an opportunity to be exploited and i think that's probably the right tact for uh, a league in a sport in in a country that doesn't necessarily value that sport on the same level as others but there has to be a limit to these things. There has to be a limit to how far you can push. Well, we're just going to up and change the rules. Or we're going to talk about transparency, but we're never actually going to tell you what's going on. Or we're going to shuffle the entire, you know, we're going to shuffle several teams' lineups, I'm sorry, lineup schedules, in order to get the best situation for one team that, again, is sort of flying the flag for everybody else. I think what it does is it devalues your, your, your championship. It devalues your league season. It does, and it, and it would have devalued the, the CCL championship and Montreal pulled it off as well. It, okay, so what, if they win last night, well, you know, Liga MX fans are going to point to, you had to shuffle all this stuff around. You had to bring in a last-minute goalkeeper. Your team couldn't do it on your own. You you had to get help from your league to win this. Club America played Chivas over the weekend. They, you know, they, they still played on Wednesday and, and seemed to do very well. So, you know, if a team's going to win this, I want the team to win this on their own. I want them to be able to do it because the structure of the league works without any shenanigans. But that's just me. No, I, I'm with you. But, I, but again, I think that, that the, the issue is that MLS is continuing, and they've done this several times in several areas. They're looking for shortcuts, Dan. I mean, the designated yeah. player rule is a shortcut. There are, there are various elements to the rules and the way that the league operates that are meant as shortcuts to relevance, to success. And... The, the the CBA negotiations crystallized this. And we saw saw Alejandro Bedoya on Twitter, sort of with you, and and maybe uh, tweeting some other uh, some other things, tweeting about the CBA and, and how bad it is. Now, some not everybody agrees with him, but the point being that the league has looked for shortcuts, and they don't want to go spend the money that's necessary to compete on this level, and they don't want to keep they they don't want to do what what they're supposed to do. They want to do what's easiest to create a path to. An MLS Continental Champion, which again is is of questionable merit, right? And I'm I'm actually shocked that the league or the USSF hasn't taken the real shortcut, which is offer to host the Club World Cup. Nobody else seems to want it. You get a free spot for the host nation. Like just buy the spot. If if you're going to pull all these other shenanigans, why not go all the way? There's a couple of good questions here. Ben on Twitter says, "Why not have Montreal actually getting more league games, and maybe that would have helped them?" But I mean, look, they made the final. <laughs> And, and, and they, 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 you know, again, they, they stack the deck in their favor. The league stacked their deck in their favor. And, and what that does, I think what, we, what we've established here, Dan, is what that does is give us a, an incorrect um, picture of exactly where MLS stands in relation to not only the Mexican clubs, but in, in the continent, on the continent in general. I mean, can you for sure say that MLS is the second best league in CONCACAF? I don't think I can say that. No, I don't think we can, especially this year. I mean, if you look at the, the eight teams that made it through to the knockout round, there were only two Mexican teams, and there were two MLS teams, and a handful of, of I think there were two Costa Rican teams, and I'm forgetting where the other ones are from. You, you can't pull anything out from Montreal making it this far because, A, of, of the league shenanigans, but also, B, they, 
they did not impress anybody during the knockout stage. They advanced on away goals in both of the, the earlier rounds. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not a statement about MLS quality that Montreal was in the final. Maybe if they had won, you could, you could make some conclusion. But as we just said, there, there are already caveats when you're shifting the rules around so much yeah. to make this happen. Uh, last thing here, um, Mike on Twitter has got some, some pop thought is his handle. He's got some thoughts on this, and, and he's talking. he seems to think that the fans drove this more than the league did. And again, you, you said you don't necessarily take issue with the fans. We've got plenty of people that call into this show that were backing Montreal despite not being Impact fans. And again, I sort of get it, just because it was a, for me it was about the story, not necessarily with the MLS banner. But what was it, what was it specifically from the league that you saw that sort of set you off, or was it a cumulative thing? I think it was a cumulative thing. I saw tweets from other team accounts. I, I think New York sent one last night before their own game. Um, I think I saw a couple from DC United. I actually went looking last night to see if Toronto ever did, and I didn't see anything, which made me feel a little bit better. It, it's the league changing, you know, their their Twitter icon to be the the Montreal logo with the MLS logo in the corner. Uh, you know, it's just the, the sort of constant. We're, we're all in this together stuff. And, it, you know, it's nothing against the people working in the league office who are, are executing on this. It's just as a strategy, uh, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. Here's the Red Bulls tweet, uh, the one you referenced. That was a run, Impact Montreal. We're proud of you. MLS for Montreal, RBNY, just to tag it. Target, you got to tag it RBNY for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. And, and remember, this is a team that was in the same Group in the same group, they got knocked out by Montreal. <laughs> knocked out by Montreal. Ah, I'm totally with. I would love for more antagonism. I don't need hate necessarily, Dan. I don't need anger. I don't need name calling. But I need some antagonism. And the problem is that MLS is still in this. Um, I hate to use this phrase because it's been used about this league too many times in a derogatory way. But I just mean in terms of the. Uh, the way that teams relate to each other, the way, the way that the social media works, it's very Mickey Mouse. It's very family-friendly. It's very, oh, hey, you guys are coming into town. Oh, that's great. We're going to beat you. Like, like aw shucks. I don't need aw right. shucks, Dan. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody needs the aw shucks. No, we don't. Dan Dickinson, Gothamist.com. Uh, Follow him on Twitter. Uh, at Dan, it's, it's uh, uh, Gothamist, Gothamist Dan. Gothamist Dan. Gothamist Dan. I remembered. And uh, check out his work um, there, and uh, he's over at Reddit as well, directing things at uh, Slash MLS. Dan, thank you very much for your time, and uh, appreciate it, man. No problem, Jason. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, get those phone lines back open. You got more stuff to talk about? We'll do that. Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Be right Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. Here we are back on Soccer Morning with the phone lines wide open, 646-832-3909. Get back in, get on the air, talk about whatever's on your mind, whether it's Montreal, MLS for Montreal, uh, whether it's ostriches, Nigel Pearson and his ostriches. Why don't I play just a little bit? This is Nigel Pearson. Um, going after a reporter. Now, I, I do love the fact that we have 
that this is still very English. Yes, I know he was sort of aggressive with a reporter and called him an ostrich and questioned his, uh, you know, questioned his ability to do his job and he called him stupid on several occasions. But it's still very, still very English. Still seems pretty reserved to me. Here's I got a couple of clips. This, this is the first one. If you don't know the answer to that question, then I think you 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 are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? My suspicion would be no. I can, you can't. Are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Uh, yeah, do you have your head in the sand about the CCL and Montreal's run? Jose in Texas, what's up? Hi, Jason, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm not doing well at all. I, I it was a uh, it was rough for me to watch. I was I was looking forward to something else. I um I remember I called you last last uh, yesterday and last show, and I was uh, worried about Rio Coker playing out of position, and unfortunately that turned out to be a weakness. However, the reason why I'm calling mostly is because I have to respectfully disagree with your last guest. Um, I think that. MLS is a different phenomenon from the rest of the leagues around the world. Um, we get excited whenever a new team comes in. We get excited when a new acquisition comes in. When David Beckham, Beckham came in, because we because we see this as a as a working progress. Sure, but and whenever but, these things happen, go ahead. Well, it's also it's also an element of of, of an inferiority complex, Jose. It's also a, fa- a factor. Of, I mean, it's also a, a product of that as well. It's this. Oh well, we're not good enough yet. All of these things make us a little bit better, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna all be in this together thing. And again, I'm, I'm not saying it's. I don't know if I want to say that it's wrong. I want to say that it doesn't strike me as right. My, the way I see it, though, is that I remember I was I was living in Mexico in 2001, and that's when Cruz Azul had the really historic run in the Libertadores, and it was the first Mexican team to get to the final. And they played, and the star was Cardoso, who was a player for Toluca. And and I remember the whole country was behind that team. So I don't think this is something new. Well, okay, uh, but no, but you you've identified you've identified something here, Jose, which I think is interesting. This is Mexico going down to South America's tournament and having an opportunity to win the Copa Libertadores. Mm-hmm. This is very much see. So this is very much about aspirations, right? So Mexico winning the Concacaf Champions League, no big deal. Whoop de doo. We're the best league in the in the in the region. Nobody cares. Mexico going and right. winning South America's league with Brazil, who they have a you know sort of a love hate relationship, but certainly a rivalry with on some level. And I was always given fits in international competition with Argentina, who is obviously viewed as a better soccer country. All of these are viewed as better soccer countries. Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, um, uh, Colombia. And when Mexico does, goes down there and plays well, it's, it, it is, I understand the patriotism about flying the Mexican flag and flying the Liga MX flag. That's, I guess that's the same thing that's at work here for MLS, only expands two countries and, Again, because the MLS has never won it, that's, I, I think you've identified something that's at work here, the psychology of this. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that uh, if, you look, if you look at, at the MLS, um, we, have, we are nowhere close, in my opinion, to reaching our ceiling. We have a long way to go. Liga MX has reached its ceiling. ceiling. I don't see them 
becoming better than they already are. They've already won the Tantra Cup, they've been to the World Club World Cup, and they always end up in the same spots. We, on the other hand, we are 20 years young, and we are changing the rules. We are trying to make this experiment, and and every year it's 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 a different chance for the story to be written. Yeah. The fact that the first MLS team is going to win, that's going to be in the history. That puts the name of MLS out there. That gives us leverage to get new players come in. If Montreal had won this game, it would have given them a lot of leverage to get two DP signings uh, in, in, in June. Yeah, um, I, I, if I could say something else, though, I, I think quick. that a lot of people are looking at this impact team and they're saying, oh, yeah, uh, it was expected they were going to lose. They weren't up for it, um, et cetera. But, however, if, if you think about it, it was a new goalkeeper. They only have one DP, four key injuries. The captain was playing out of position. They had no preseason, and they had 15 new players. So, okay. all in all, I'm very proud of this sure. team. And I, and, I think, be, and I think it was a good run for, for not only the impact, but honestly for the MLS. The fact that all these people in Mexico and all around the world are talking about the CONCACAF Champions League, and they are talking about Montreal, Montreal, the mm-hmm. MLS, Montreal, they put the banner, all of that stuff. I think that's good for the league. Okay, fair Thank enough. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jose. Jose in Texas. I mean, obviously be proud. of what, If you're a Montreal Impact fan, be proud. Absolutely. But are you are you proud if you're a fan of ah, the San Jose Earthquakes? I don't think you are. Let's go to Tim in Brooklyn. Hey, man. Um, I would love to uh, agree with uh, Dan Dickinson. I hope his team never wins the CL. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a supporter, man. I, I, I uh, totally agree with everything uh, you guys have been saying um, on this. I, I have one team. I only want one team to win. That's New York Cosmos. Uh, and, you know, in the end of the day, if Montreal won, would everyone be happy that the only teams that have won CCL are Mexican and Canadian? Like, is that really going to make you happy? And, you know, if they had won in a hundred years, when, when people look at the list, they wouldn't see MLS one. They would see the Canadian champion. <laughs> Montreal impact. Okay, okay. I, I so, see what you're saying. I, I, I think it's this is I just I, I can't even comprehend that. Okay. Anyway, I, no sleep till Brooklyn. All right. Go Cosmos. Thank you, Tim. All right, there you go, Tim and Brook. Tim and Brooklyn, obviously very uh, very excited for the Cosmos to come play in his borough uh, down at Coney Island, as we talked about yesterday. Giovanni in California, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. What's up with you, Giovanni? Uh, not much, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I was watching the or I wasn't really watching the game last night, but I was listening it through the radio because I was at work. But from what I heard, man, and what I've seen, I don't, I don't understand why MLS. Like, okay, I understand why MLS was behind Montreal, but I don't understand why we were actually behind a Canadian team, man. <laughs> yeah, it's from Canada, L- but I don't understand. It's Canadian, man. Why? Well, okay, because they're still MLS. I mean, you know, I don't know. They, I don't think that. First of all, very, very little Canadian representation in terms of what their player roster looks like. Uh, I don't know that they. I think they maybe played one or two Canadian players the entire run in the Champions League. So it's not like the team itself is Canadian. This the. The site, the the place that they come from is Canadian. I don't know why that matters. Why is everybody pointing that out? Is that a really a big deal? I I 
I feel a well, certain the- kins- a kinship with the Canadian people. I don't know. Maybe I don't. What- whatever. Who cares? Well, the thing is that the reason I bring it up is because one, they're in last place, man, in the league. I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly a new supporter of an MLS team. You know, I'm I'm going for NYCFC and I'm going for Orlando. I'm going for the new expansion team. Yeah. But when I look at the table and I see Montreal at the bottom of the table with only what two points, I believe, three points. I didn't expect them to get very far. But when I I did to the first game, I was just so disappointed in how they started play, man. I was just I kind of figured this was going to happen. So, I, I guess what I'm saying is, why would we get behind a team? Okay, Canadian sports, yeah, but why would we get behind a team that plays such sloppy soccer? Okay, well, I don't know that they played sloppy. I actually think they were fairly sharp, especially in the Champions League. But what they don't do is they don't possess the ball a lot. Thanks for the call, uh, Giovanni. They don't possess the ball a lot. They're not going to push numbers forward. They are a, a counter attacking team. They needed to do that because of the talent deficit. Again, and so you have a couple of questions here. One, do you want a team to win the Champions League under the current system, which therefore may allow MLS to sort of justify the way things are even further than they already do? And number two, do you want a team representing MLS to go and play reactive soccer and win this tournament, or would you rather wait for the day? And look, RSL got close, and they actually played some very proactive soccer back in 2011, but you want to wait for the day when a team can actually take it to Mexican sides in both legs. David in Arizona, what's up? Jason, um, two points. The first one will be sort of a comment on what you just said, and that is I would put this under the category of be careful what you wish for. Well, okay. If Montreal hey. had won. Well, just let me finish my point. If Montreal had won, I'm telling you right now, it would be incredibly embarrassing when they went to the People World Cup. They wouldn't even play Real Madrid or the South American champion or the European champion. They'd get worked by an Asian or an African team. Well, okay. Uh, okay. Well, first like of all, first, now, first, David, 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 first, you can't know that. And the last time around, Auckland City got past the Mexican side. So I don't, I don't want this to be, I mean, you know, let's not let's not make any assumptions about the performance of the MLS team at the Club World Cup. Yeah, would they get beaten eventually? Yeah, of course they would. But I just don't know that we can assume uh, that they would embarrass themselves, David. Well, that that team would, in my opinion. I'm not saying they're bad, but my my point is that right now the best team in Concacaf, and I think the best team in Concacaf for some time. Now, granted, they're inconsistent, but when they're playing the way they need to be playing. Uh, is Club America. I mean, that's a hell of a team. That team has a chance to actually go and compete there. And really, for CONCACAF, it's best if Club America wins. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Do you team. care? You care about that? Do you care about you care about Club America going to the Club World Cup and representing well for CONCACAF? I would like to see CONCACAF do well at the Club World Cup. I would. All right. I, I, I don't think, and I guess the fact that the Canadian does play into this, but I really don't care. I, I feel the same way most people have on the show today, that this is a club thing, not a league thing. So that's the first point. The second point I want to make, Jason, I said it a couple of days ago, Jeffrey Webb has got to do something, okay? Montreal did it now, too, with these lasers. I think both these teams need to be fined, and their next competitive home match in CONCACAF needs to be behind closed doors. They, he's got to nip this in the bud. He's got a beautiful opportunity right now take two clubs from two different countries, two different geographical regions, really, and, and lay down the law. 
and make it clear that this isn't going to be tolerated. And this will force these clubs to take action. And let me tell you, Montreal and Club America, both of them, they have cameras. They can find the people with these lasers, and they can kick them out of the stadium, and they can ban them uh, for a season, ban them for life as season seat holders. This is stuff that happens in Europe, and this is what you've got to do before it gets out of control. And the next time, it's not a laser. It's something else. Okay. All so, right. You, all you really, really worked up over the laser stuff, David. I get it. I appreciate the call, man. Let's, uh, let's move along. Let's talk to Robert in L.A. What's up, Robert? Hey, good morning, Jason. Good morning, Robert. Hey, I wanted to... I know everyone's talking about the CPL. I wanted to ask you a couple questions. Uh, first of all, I with all the injuries they had, you know, with uh, Map Out and well, Bush to send in and Porter out, they were still able to keep their own. I know at the scoreline, I know in that, at the last 45 minutes, they kind of blown out, but they were able to hold out. Yeah. You know, compete, even with all the... the all the injuries and all the adversity they had. But also, I want to talk about uh, Dominic Gaduro. I, I don't think in the second half, him, him and Piate had good chemistry-wise. Because I know he had, he's very fast, but just, you know, those uh, connecting the ball really cost them in the second half. They, they, had some, they had a couple of issues. They had opportunities to break in that second half with three-on-two situations that they failed to convert that, you know, should have been easier, should have been should have been put away. And, and look, it could you could make the argument, look, Club America had a sitter that they missed in the first half as well. So I, you got to throw those things yeah. out there. I, I know we get into that. When we talk about these games, we talk about results, we go, oh, well, it should be 4-1. It should be 2 nothing. It should be 3 nothing. You can't do that because you'll, you'll be doing it all day. Teams miss chances. Teams hit, hit posts and crossbars. Teams waste uh, opportunities on the break. It just happens. Uh, we can't do that. So I think in the end, what we what we have to agree on is that the best team won. Again, whether or not you want to say that this was good for MLS, that Montreal got this far, playing the style that they did, uh, having turned over their entire roster, completely foregoing league form. They, they, they did not give any ten- attention to their league form for the most part. They just barely got by, and, and they're in last place. So what do they do now? Can they recover from this? You, you have, well, We can only wait and see if it was worth it for Montreal's end, uh, Robert. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I agree with you. They should use this as uh, motivation to make the playoffs and hopefully do better in the league. And I do want to say that. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Jason. Appreciate it, Robert. 646-832-3909 is the phone number if you want to jump in. Got a couple minutes left here um, on Soccer Morning to talk about the Montreal. Look, it's it's been all Montreal all the time today, and it wasn't. That's not the only thing on the agenda. It's not the only thing that's happening out there, but it clearly is the overall concern of most American North American soccer fans. We have some calls from Canada today, obviously as well. It's it is whenever this happens, whenever MLS gets close to some sort of notable achievement. Whenever MLS gets some sort of recognition outside of U.S. and Canadian borders, there's going to be this pressure for everybody to be all in. We're all on the same team here. We're all working for the growth of MLS and American soccer and North American soccer and Canadian soccer, except we're not. Except we're not. And again, I we can. There, there needs to be a debate somewhere. 
and I guess this is as good a place as any, over whether or not all of the Kumbaya stuff is actually beneficial to the growth of American and North American Canadian soccer, or if we do need to have a little bit more rivalry involved, if we do need to have less cooperation on the on this level. Does MLS, MLS is a single entity, by its nature, it is cooperative. Is that what we need for MLS? I know I'm coming back to some other issues that aren't necessarily related to the CCL. The breakup of a single entity will always be top of mind for a lot of people. But I guess this crystallizes it. Do we need everyone to be on the same team? Do we need an MLS, a situation where an MLS, where MLS can put out a, an email, send out a, a directive? Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, everybody. Montreal's in the Champions League final tonight. We'd like y'all to, to tweet your support. This is, uh, this is a big deal for MLS. We're going to, we're going to all support Montreal in the Champions League. This is, uh, this, get, get a club to the club, uh, World Cup. That'd be great. Be fantastic. We'll put an MLS team on the world stage. Where's the Club World Cup this uh, this year? Where would Montreal have had to have gone? Was it it was Morocco? It used to be in Japan. And this tells you how much the Club World Cup matters. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Do you care? Did Real Madrid win the last Club World Cup? Was that a thing? I don't. I don't care. I think they did. Right. They won Champions League, went to Club World Cup, whoop-dee-doop-dee-doo. They put another trophy in their case. Now, it might mean more for a Mexican side. It might mean more for an MLS team to go win that title. Sure, it would. A little bit more. But there's no knock-on effect here. No one's going to wake up and go, oh, MLS, we're putting that in the top five leagues in the world like they won the Club World Cup. I don't know. Yeah, and, I, and I'm saying that, and obviously, look, if, if Montreal had won that, I don't know what I'd be saying today. I think I'd be saying the same thing, that this ultimately isn't a big deal, that this ultimately doesn't have a lot of relevance to the league itself. It's a big deal in Montreal. Have a parade. Hell yeah, have a parade in Montreal if you win the club or, uh, the, the CONCACAF Champions League. Don't riot the way that Canadians fans do sometimes. Just have a parade. Be excited. 61,000 people showed up in Olympic Stadium as they should have to support their team. That's the way it should be. Everybody else, watch the game because you like soccer. If you got nothing else to do on a Wednesday night, watch the game because it's on. Watch the game because it's fun. Watch the game. Do you want to see great goals? Dario Benedetto. Damn, son. That's why you watch the game. Yeah, if you had it in, in, in standard def, I can avoid, I can understand avoiding it. <laughs> I had it in HD. I don't know if that's always going to be the case. But watch it for that reason. If you're not from Montreal, if you're not a Montreal fan, if you're not Jose in Texas who is a relocated Montreal fan, what is your, you don't have any, there's no obligation. You don't have to support them. It'd be interesting. It, look, the only other the parallel, the only parallel I can draw here is that this is a little like the whole SEC thing. This is a little bit like SEC fans chanting SEC whenever an SEC team does something SEC. Except the difference there is that SEC, the SEC has been dominant 
in college football. Absolutely dominant. This is a bad analogy because of that. This isn't we're we're in this together because we want to get better MLS style. That's that's more like, hey guys, we're the SEC, we rule. You know, and yeah, Vanderbilt gets to glom on, whoop de doo. I mean, come on. Couple of time, a couple of minutes left for phone call, six four six eight three two three three nine zero nine. Nelly? Is this Nelly? It's Nelly, Nelly from Dallas. What's going on, Nelly? Hey, uh, I'm not a Montreal Insect supporter, but I was hoping for them to win just so we can get some respect. That, but that, but Mets fans okay. sometimes can get pretty, pretty annoying, and they just don't see how the league has grown so much. And But and does that matter, really? What is, change. Why does that matter? That matters for you because of your friends, right? Because you're Mexican soccer friends, right? That's what, that was why it matters to you. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, don't, I don't get any support here. I'm Hispanic. I'm you know, I was I'm Mexican American and I, I root for FC Dallas and I'm Mexican for oh, don't root for FC Dallas, you're Mexican. Support the Mexican League. <laughs> but but I mean again and, and then we don't get then we don't get support from the American side. Oh no, soccer's boring. You know, support real football. I know. So like, I we know. don't get support anywhere. I know, you know? It's, it's a lonely existence, Nelly. I understand, man. It's it is. It's a lonely existence. I, I I can't tell you not to care about what your friends think of MLS because that would that would make your life a little bit easier. But at the same time, yeah. FC Dallas is your team. Find your find your FC Dallas people. Be with your FC Dallas people. Support your FC Dallas team. Uh, the Americans, oh, I do. I the, do. the Americans will come around to it. The the the, the soccer hating Americans will come around to it one day. We know they will. And you I know, know what? MLS, think, MLS also. Uh, you also think the USA should try to host. The FIFA Club World Cup. Well, that was that Maybe was. Maybe that's the only way we can get in. <laughs> yeah, that was actually posed. Dan Dickinson mentioned that. He said, "Why hasn't MLS taken that shortcut and hosted the Club World Cup?" Well, I think that that maybe they they maybe the United States and U.S. U.S. Soccer. I'm guessing that's who would have to bid on that. Maybe they they don't want to give MLS that shortcut. They want MLS to earn this opportunity to go and play against the champions of other confederations. Ah, again, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's tough. When you when you support a team and you're surrounded by people who don't respect the league that they play in, as you are, Nelly, but MLS will get its respect when it deserves its respect, if you know what I mean. Like, that should not have any bearing on how much you care about your team. If you're all in, you know, I know people make judgments about the quality of MLS, and that's why they don't support it, and that's fine. That's their loss, because supporting a soccer club is only a little bit about how good the soccer is. It's a lot about... Uh, owning that, being passionate about it, having a connection to it. You're in Texas. You're an FC Dallas fan. You got, you know, you got roots there. You watched them for years, whatever it may be. That's the reason you root for FC Dallas. Not because, oh, their, uh, their, their soccer is as good as Club America or Pachuca or Cruz Azul or Tijuana or whoever. That, that's not the reason. If, if that was the reason, yeah. if that was the reason to support a soccer club, there'd be no Conference North teams in England anymore. There would be no second, third divisions in a lot of countries. There'd be no support. There'd be no interest. People wouldn't care. And those teams would die. And some of them are dying, but some of them aren't. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like there's still that, that ancestral connection to clubs that are never going to sniff the top division. And the reason people support them is because they got that connection. That's that's whether or not MLS wins in the Champions League shouldn't matter for most people. I get it for you though because it's completely about getting boys your boys off your back. 
Oh, yeah, we get no respect <laughs> on either side. It's just MLS does well, and always you guys should get retired players. Or well, I mean, yeah, it's just, it I was hoping is. for Montreal to win, but you know, maybe next year. I don't know. Hopefully, FC Dallas will get there at some point. There you go. Let's you let's know. all pull MLS for FC Dallas. Thanks to call Nelly, or as Isaac on Twitter says, MLS for Nelly. <laughs> so let's all let's all get behind Nelly so he can feel better because his his boy he's Mexican American and his boys tell him don't care about FC Dallas you're Mexican you should be watching Mexican teams and then, look I mean obviously that's uh, the the, the <laughs> MX has an incredible profile in the U.S. obviously uh, that's the most popular league in this country for very for very good reasons. It's about it's about the quality, but it's all about the history. And MLS is a long way to go. I don't think there's any shame in in recognizing that MLS has a long way to go, or that MLS can improve, or that hey, you know, Montreal getting this far is a big deal because they really shouldn't have been there. Why do we have to like? Why do we have to overstate where MLS is? Why do we have to? Why, why do we have to feel bad about where? MLS, don't feel bad about where MLS is. It's twenty years in. Every other league that you care about has a 100-year head start on MLS. All right, I'm done. Wrapping this one up, uh, make sure you go to backheel.com slash store to buy yourself a soccer morning mug. They're very pretty. They make to- coffee taste good. You can put other stuff in there, too. Wait, what do I have? Oh, this is water. I actually got water in here. Tastes great. Good water. Uh, go to 3nailfc.com to buy a soccer morning T-shirt. They're blue and uh, lovely iTunes ratings and reviews help us out a lot. Remember, starting Monday, the web show, this version of the show moves to 9 a.m. Eastern time on worldsoccertalk.com. On Monday, we start the Sirius XM program from 11 to 1 every weekday. Very excited for that. We got the new open for that show. Sounds great. I can't play it here. To be revealed on Monday. Sounds fantastic. Very much looking forward to it. Thanks to all the callers. All you guys jumped in, helped us out uh, when we were down a guest. We'll be back tomorrow, big Friday episode of the show. Tomorrow, last uh, last 10 a.m. episode of the show. And then Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern. Remember this. Write this down. Put a reminder in your phone so you don't miss the show on Monday and, and get mad at me. We don't, Or get mad at Trevor, really. Really, Trevor's the one that takes the brunt of these things. We don't need that. We don't. All right, we're out of here. MLS from Montreal, you guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye.